back from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. GeoFriend holding it down as always in the big room. Rick Delgado sitting next to me doing news. Also doing What Even Is That? Friday yeah. means What Even Is That? Yes, it's a special Father's Day edition. Oh, very yeah. good. How was your um, How was your night off? It was, uh, you know, I was busy doing stuff. Very good. Uh, Slick Rick's here with sports. Unfortunately, none of it good for me. Nope. Slick Rick, how are you? I'm wonderful. Well, today. I'm sure you are. <laughs> I'm sure you are. And why are you wonderful? <laughs> wow. He's more money, much? more money, more money. Yeah. The Golden State Warriors come through. Wow. For the yeah. golden guitar. Won the game and the series last night, so it was a big payday for Slick Rick. He's got ordered up about four more pairs of glasses. <laughs> How'd you know? I got a pair coming today. <laughs> one, yeah. for, one for every day of the week. Exactly yeah, right. From France. Yep, take some more pictures. I'm definitely crying. So, well, that's fine. I'll just have to, uh, I don't even know what's next. I don't even know what's next. Well, it just may be the end of the road for me. NHL, baby. We got the Stanley ah, Cup finals tomorrow night. True. Game that's two. True. All right. It's all on. It's 12-5. 12-5. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. Because the series is 10 grand. Remember, we upped the Anthony, Anthony, and then we got 2,500 on tomorrow night's game. So it's at least that. <laughs> I don't remember. We upped the Annie? I don't yeah, you that. said, uh, Gio, as my witness, you oh, said okay. we're going to go up to 10 grand for this series. Okay, okay fine. That's good. <laughs> All right, very good. So uh, we'll it'll do be, sports later. Yeah, we'll it'll be off. easier for Damon to get his money back. What, G? Well, actually, not only did you say ten grand, but I think no, no. Rick... If you're not if you're not talking in my favor, please shut your mic off. Go ahead. What? Well, I think Rick also claimed dibs to an additional twenty five hundred on every individual game. So that is another twelve five if he wins. Yeah, that, well, wow. if he wins the series, but we're only yeah. on game two. But yes, you are correct. That's what he just said as well. He, they are, you are correct. Technically, we have twelve five plus another twenty five and another twenty five on the line for each game. Three more games at least, and we have to cash out uh, after this series. NHL. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Who said that rule? Well, I'm getting a lot of pressure from Eyes on Heaven and a few other people on Getter. They want to, you know, Tom Sineda. Come on, I want to see a payout here. Okay, fine. Uh, All right. It's the, it's the end of the fiscal quarter, so you need to. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, inflation, you know. inflation's yeah. kicking in hard. I, I got to guess up my vehicles. Don't man. take your payment in cash, by the way. I can tell you that. Yeah, tell you that. Nothing. Yeah, don't take it in cash. Although I don't know what you would take it in right now to the. Uh, well, maybe equities or Bitcoin or something, because everything's pretty much bottomed. I would think here in the next. Well, I don't know. We'll see. That's all the more reason to keep it rolling, right? Just oh, keep that number point. going. Thank, thank you, Fran. That's a good idea. Gio, don't make any faces in there. <laughs> come in there and wring your little neck. Uh, we'll see. But I'm in a good, not a good position right now, But so that's fine. It's not the first time. So. <laughs> I heard Rory uh, McIlroy did good, too. <laughs> yeah, no, Gio. Oh, Rory had oh, a big day feeling, today. Wow. Gio's feeling good here on a Friday night, obviously. So yeah. that's fine. <laughs> I'll tell you who's not feeling that good, and that would be the White House. According to the uh, Washington Times today, high-profile White House departures raise alarms. Is that, is that the only thing raising alarms is the White House departures? How about the old fool who can't make it from one place to another? That should be raising alarms. Ahead of midterm elections, White House laughs off mass exodus of Biden's aides, they say. A spate of uh, resignations by high-profile aides to President Biden has left the remaining White House staff frustrated as they toil with a crumbling domestic agenda, sky-high inflation, the war in Ukraine, and dimming prospects for Democrats in the November elections. The high turnover now at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, critics say, is a sign that those surrounding Mr. Biden are increasingly worried 
about a Democratic bloodbath at the polls and the prospects of Republican majorities in the House and the Senate. The GOP takeover of Capitol Hill would be the death knell for Biden's already stalled agenda and guarantee an onslaught of congressional investigations of the administration. It's a mass exodus before the midterms, says Jimmy Keady, a Republican strategist. Someone uh, will be to blame, and it's not going to be Joe Biden's terrible policies. Heads are going to have to roll after the midterms, and politics responsibility runs downhill. No one wants to be holding the bag at the end. Democrats say the departures, especially in the summer, of course, are, they're common. Don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> they're common for administrations of either party. They say Mr. Biden's core advisors, that would be who? Obama, Rice, yeah, people we don't even see on a daily basis, including White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain, have remained stable. Well, that's because Klain is probably running the show. Biden doesn't even know what Klain's doing, probably. So, of course, he's going to, I mean, he doesn't care. Well, well, Klain, there was a story like a week or two ago that he's looking to leave right after the midterms. Well, sure, because what's he going to do? He can't get anything done. You know, you can't direct, uh, you can't direct old Joe to go out there and say this and say that when you know you can't get anything done if you don't have control like they have now. So, why not? I mean... Could you imagine trying to work with this guy or be around this guy for two more years if we don't if they don't hold the house and the Senate? Oh my God! I mean, yeah. I mean, what would you do all day with him? He's yelling right now at everybody. You know, he spends more time at his Delaware beach house than he does in Washington. Almost. I mean, here's them leaving. (laughs) Here's them leaving today. Here's them leaving today for the beach house again. And just check out the old first lady here sliding on in because. Look at her pulling his arm. Yeah. Look, 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 look. We got to go, Joe. Yeah, we got we got to go. We got to go. Yeah, that's that's Jill. Yeah, you that's... can't talk. Don't talk about oil, Joe, or don't talk about gas and oil and energy. Don't talk about leases. This made up nonsense about you know, they got all these leases and they're just not doing anything. You see, the oil companies this week, man, they have pushed back on him hard. Oh yeah, I, I got a story on that. Um, but you know what? That, that's so funny that that she's like, "Oh, we have to go." It's like really because, you know, if this was like any normal person at an airport. And like, look, the flight is boarding. You have to get on. Then, yes, you could understand it. But we're talking about the president. He's got his own helicopter, which means the pilot of the helicopter works for him. Doesn't leave until he says, okay, you know what? I think now's the time. Let's get going. Like if he got on the helicopter and said, you know what? I think I left the oven on. I want to go check. He could get off that helicopter, go check the oven in the White House, and then come back, and they wouldn't leave because they can't. Could do whatever they want to do. Exactly. So for her to sit there and be like, no, 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 we have to go. You don't understand. There's, there's, you have no, no deadlines. Yeah. You ever see Melania Trump step in like that? No. When, no. when Trump used to take two hours of uh, unprovoked questions, he'd answer every damn question that anyone would ask? Of course not. You would not see that. He's the president of the United States. Yeah. You don't jump in there like you're... Uh, like his nurse? Well, you, you mean, you know, we well, know the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just like a red, like, look at, look at me, look at me. Clearly, I, I, I try to get him out of here. Just highlights the fact that 
They just don't want them talking. Yeah. Right? They just don't want them talking. They can't have them talking. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're bailing ship. Clearly, they're bailing ship. We're probably not hearing about most of it. Um, I can't imagine what his relationship with uh, the vice president is at this point, what she's got to be thinking. But it doesn't surprise me. 66% of former President Trump executive staff uh, didn't move on until after two years, yet former President Obama only lost 24% of his staff during his first two years. According to Brookings data, former President Clinton and George W. Bush lost 38 and 33% respectively of their staff within two years. And it makes me wonder, is there, is there any type of... I don't know, because you hear about, you know, all these, all these uh, articles. Of, oh, we're going to start investigations once we win back the House. Is this some people's way of saying, you know what, let me get off this ship before they, they come knocking on my door to testify about things? I mean, it's hard to know. know that. It's certainly possible. Whoever's tied up in who. I mean, obviously, you would figure his son would be the first. If, if his son and Fauci are not the first two things they look at, then I don't know who else. There's, there can't be anybody that's more important. Other than impeaching Biden himself on something. Right. I mean, and you could take your choice of a thousand things there, maybe start at the border. But if you look at who's leaving, White House counsel, Dana Remus, who oversaw confirmation of Supreme Court Justice Kentanji Brown-Jackson, announced she'll leave. Stuart Delaray, her top deputy, uh, will take over the role, which includes overseeing the presidential's uh, judicial nominations. Keisha Lance Bottoms from Atlanta, the former mayor, she's coming on board to serve as senior advisor to the president for public engagement. She's replacing Cedric Richmond, who said, I've had enough of this. I'm out of here. Uh, Mrs. Bottoms joins the White House after serving as vice chairman of civic engagement and voter protection for the DNC, a position that could help President Biden's outreach ahead of the midterms. Uh, obviously, we know about Saki. Jeff Zients, uh, he was the COVID czar. He left last month as well. There's been a st- steady mass exodus of aides out of Vice President Kamala Harris' office. His press team has also been rocked by a slew of departures. Mike Gwynn, who served as White House Rapid Response Director, he left this week, week to take a job at Burger King. Another <laughs> member of the press team, no, uh, I'm sorry, at the Treasury Department. Another member of the press team, Wrangler... Michael Kukawa also left for a job at Treasury. Uh, Vendant Patel, who had a role of assistant press secretary, bolted for the State Department. Amanda Finney, chief of staff of the press office, moved to the Department of Energy, of course, which is really the Department of Non-Energy. Because all of these departments, whatever their name is, is the, they do the opposite. The right. Department of Education is, is anti-education. Department of Energy is anti-energy. As we know on all these places, the environmental, it's just all of it. It's all anti whatever they say they do. And did you see the story about the, uh, and I'm not sure where I read it. I saw it, I think it was about a day or so ago, that Jean-Pierre is uh, on thin ice and that the story was, was John Kirby brought <laughs> in to audition for her job, basically. Because didn't he join From her in State? the press room? Kirby? Yeah. Didn't he join her in the press room like a day ago well, or something? Well, she almost <laughs> always has a guest. She almost always has a guest to fill the majority of the time lately. A yeah. guest? Yeah. Someone, what do you mean, you like know? a David's ear? 
Well, no, well yeah, kind of like her David's here, right? David's here to fill in, for, uh, to tell you what's going on at State. You know, she'll bring in like, uh, you want to know the funniest? I saw a lot of funny headlines today. You want to know the best one? Pete Bud, according to Sunny, Not So Sunny Hostin on The View, Pete Buttigieg and Kamala Harris would annihilate <laughs> any Republican ticket in 2024. What? Oh, yeah. That's what she said. That's what she said. Oh, Pete Buttigieg oh, yeah. and Kamala Harris. Yeah. Now, I don't know what, what order they run in. I guess she must run for the top of the ticket, given that she's already the VP. So her as running for president and Pete Buttigieg running as vice president. Does anyone even know if he's still over at whatever he's appointed to? I mean, we never hear from him or see him. I don't know what he does. He's done nothing to make any of this any better, the supply chains or any of this. Right, he's Secretary of Transportation, right? I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I could be Secretary of Transportation right now and be doing just about as much. Well, yeah, if the transportation is from uh, D.C. to his house, that's about it. That's all he covers. Yeah, that's that's about that's about what he's done. So. All right, just getting started. Lots of good stuff to show you tonight. Monday night, a new era on Real America's Voice starts at noon. Charlie Kirk and the Charlie Kirk Show debuts Monday, 12 p.m., 12 noon, right here on Real America's Voice. Looking forward to that. All right, we're back on a Friday night. Studio 6P on a Friday night. This is pretty funny. Charlie Spearing said, uh, when you realize you're late for the beach trip. (laughs) 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 Why? Just please someone tell me why. Why does he feel this? I mean, just one one little, I mean, I'm sure the White House lawn is like. uh, Remember, John Pierre said she's always trying to catch up with him. Yeah. I'm sure it's uh, the lawn is perfect, but man, one misstep, and I mean, there goes the old hip. Either that, or maybe the bag was full. I don't know. Yeah. So, all right, let's do some sports. And <laughs> what? What I say? That's fine. Say here with loud? sports is uh, at Slick Rig Sports on Twitter. Getter, True Social, Rick Amirati. What's going on, Slick My Rick? My bag is full of Bitcoin and gold, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. I tell you, watch. Yeah, you know sports. Payback is a you-know-what, and I'm sure Monday I'll be crying in my soup with the NHL, but looking good there, Big D. All right, and thanks to the Warriors who win a seventh NBA championship with a 103-90 Game 6 win over the Celtics in the TD Garden in Boston. It's fine, Gio. You can take it down now. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, the Warriors won their fourth NBA title in eight years, knocking off the Celtics 103-90 to take the finals in six games. Warriors star point guard Steph Curry turned in one of his most memorable performances to date in Game 6. Curry shot 57%, 12-21 from the field, and a 54.5% from 3, 6-11 of 11 to lead the Warriors in scoring with 34 points. He added 7 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Curry named Finals MVP for the first time, believe it or not. Averaged 31 points a game, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, and 2 steals, boasting a field goal percentage of 48.2. The Warriors led at halftime 54-39, but led by as many as 22 points in Game 6, including a 21-0 run in the second quarter. Boston would fight back to make the game interesting in the second half. Midway through the fourth quarter, the Celtics cut the deficit to 9 points. I was getting a little nervous, Big D. uh, But uh, they couldn't complete the comeback. And, uh, well, there you go. Celtics, maybe next year, 
Golden State wins it again. What a, what a franchise. What a great dynasty that is. And uh, let's go to the Strawberry Days Rodeo. <laughs> switching gears, Big D, Pleasant Grove, Utah. <laughs> At Strawberry Days. Cause it must be a strawberry festival. I know it's strawberry season. Uh, bareback riding leader, Rocker Steiner. 87 points on Bar T Rodeos. Madam Tussauds. No, Madam Sparrow. Uh, and uh, Steer Wrestling. Cash Rob, 3.9 seconds. That score holds up. Imagine a police officer pull- pulling over a guy named Cash Rob. I think he'd run his license. And uh, Team Roping leader, Coleman Proctor and Logan Medlin, 4.7 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> hey, they might, I might get pulled over for robbing Big D. Uh, anyway, Saddle Bronc, Rider Wright, 86 and a half points on Barty Rodeo's Bitter Dan or Bitter Damon. Uh, and tie down roping leader, Ty. Uh, we have a Matt Shuaza and Caleb Schmidt, uh, 7.6 seconds. Barrel Racing, Presley Smith, 17.26 seconds. And Bull Riding, Garrett Smith uh, on Barty Rodeo's Iron Federally, which has held up uh, over, over the last two days. And uh, here's one. Vince McMahon steps down as WWE CEO amid hush money investigation. This was posted on Larry Brown Sports and uh, Steve Del Vecchio of Yard Barker. Vince McMahon is stepping back from day-to-day operations with World Wrestling Entertainment amid an investigation into alleged hush money payment made to a former employee. A report from Wall Street Journal on Wednesday stated that McMahon agreed to a secret $3 million settlement with a former WWE employee. McMahon and the woman, a paralegal, boy, he could pick him, who was uh, hired by a WWE in 2019, allegedly had an affair. The agreement, which was signed in January, stated that the woman could not discuss anything about her relationship with McMahon or or make disparaging comments about the 76-year-old. On Friday, WWE issued a press release stating that a special committee of its board of directors is conducting an investigation. McMahon has voluntarily stepped back from his responsibilities as CEO and chairman of the board until conclusion of the investigation. Uh, McMahon's daughter, Stephanie McMahon, has been named interim CEO and chairwoman. WD had a a head of talent relationship. Oh, so now we know why she's, you know, it's funny you say that now. It's all coming together in my head. She stepped down from marketing. They brought somebody in to take over her spot. and, And there was a big, there was all kinds of talk about why. Yeah. They're like, why would she step down from her position is is she not doing a good job? Are they not bringing in enough revenue? What? Why? Why would step? Who would? Br- who would they bring in for Stephanie McMahon? Obviously, the daughter of the owner and chairman of this multi-billion-dollar company. It's kind of it was kind of a weird move to think that she was just going to step away. I mean, she's obviously involved. She's married. Her husband is is extremely involved, and obviously, she's his Vince's daughter. Their son Shane is also very involved. Linda McMahon, I actually just saw at Freedom Fight Night when I went there. Oh, that's right. Spoke to her. She's a lovely woman. And everybody, and boy, it was just really weird when Stephanie stepped down. Now it makes sense. They must have knew this was coming and she was going to have to take over that interim role of CEO. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now McMahon will retain his responsibilities related to WWE's creative content. So that's it for Vince McMahon for now, but uh, we will keep an eye on that. He also has a pending lawsuit going on with the XFL. Uh, there's a, a situation there as well brewing. And that's a wrap in sports. Big D, back to you. All right, very good, Slick Rick. We'll do some more sports. Coming up, sports, of course, uh, is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and My Pillow. Thank you to everybody who, um, well, jumped right on, took action yesterday to support Lindell after Walmart canceled. Uh, well, I saw the figure was something like a $10 million I don't know if that's it can't be per year it's got to be more than that i would bet they sell but uh someone put a figure on it of 10 million dollars it's got to be more than that but uh canceled all my pillow products and all walmart stores so i mean lindell's at a point now where obviously his direct to consumer has always been big but he's re- he's he's relying on shows like ours and, and everybody who has a code 
to uh, and for you, American Patriots, to step up and support him. You know he's put his fortune at risk. Yep. He spent a lot of it to defend election integrity, to defend the, uh, President Trump. He continues to do so. He continues to be outspoken He in the face of all of this that he's facing. So for those of you yesterday who sent me whatever, you, I got a lot of messages. You know, st- either I, you already had stuff or you bought something else, and that's just that's fantastic. So and he thanks you, and I thank you. So uh, let's do some news and hear what that is, Rick Delgado. What's going on, pal? Yeah, no problem. And don't forget to visit uh, Mike on Frank's speech as well. He's got that going too. So, you know, send your support wherever you can. But, of course, you know, make a purchase when you need it, and uh, the codes are great for that. Uh, Speaking of purchasing, which is something that's been on everybody's mind lately, according to this, consumer sentiment has cratered this month to the lowest on record as as inflation has accelerated to the worst level in 41 years. That's 41 years. The University of Michigan Index of Consumer Sentiment plunged to a record low of 50.2 down from a May reading of 58.4, economists polled expected the gauge to hold steady after declining sharply a month earlier, but that didn't happen. The 14% decline is compar- comparable to the trough we hit back in the 1980 recession, according to the survey's director, Joanna Sue. Both the reading of current conditions and expectations for future for the future fell sharply. The c- current conditions fell to 55.4 from 63.3 at the end of May. And the expectations gauge crashed to 46.8 from 55.5. So the two previous lows were 1980 when it fell to 50 point, uh, 52.7 in 2008 when it hit a low of 55.3. But as you can tell, with uh, the, new, the new record low of 50.2, consumer sentiment is not going well. No, it's not. And the reading, uh, was that, did you, did you talk about the one on the Michigan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that when that came out last week, that's what really the Fed uh, made the Fed go to three quarters of a point. Um, that's why the Wall Street Journal article I told you—that's why it was leaked. Something like that just doesn't pop into a somebody's, you know, a writer at the Wall Street Journal's lap out of thin air. That was clearly leaked to them to put out that they were thinking about going seventy-five to make sure the market understood that and to bake it in so they weren't surprised. Because the one thing. No matter what they say or anyone else tells you, the Fed doesn't want to surprise the markets. They want to try to give forward guidance so the markets can adjust, bake in whatever they think is or whatever they say is coming. And that article leaked to the, to the Wall Street Journal after that consumer sentiment reading came was clearly, plus the 8.6 read, which was up from 8.3, was clearly the reason they went to 75. And uh, it's the reason they're going to think about doing 75 again next month. But again... I just wonder, as I said to you yesterday, if this 75-75 and not really knowing where we're going to be in three months is going to end up being too much and we're going to crash into the side of the mountain here. Um, and of course, that's the danger, so we will see. All right, still a lot to do on a Tuesday. Crazy Town coming up. Or a Friday. What did I say, Tuesday? <laughs> All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. I was thinking Tuesday. 
Friday night. Well, I'm over 50 now, so um, <laughs> glad you're in. So if you didn't, if you didn't hear uh, my announcement, I'm probably one of the first to talk about it since we just uh, found out about it. Charlie Kirk starts his show right here on Real America's Voice noon on Monday. Yeah, that's pretty cool. The debut of the Charlie Kirk show yeah. on Monday right here on Real America's Voice weekdays. So you got it every day, Monday through Friday, 12 p.m. I'm assuming that's probably an hour, 12 to 1, Charlie Kirk right here on Real America's Voice. So that would be fantastic. We were just um, talking to Ed Henry and Karen Turk last night, and they were talking to that young woman who was part of TPUSA. And, and those are impressive young kids, you know. And Charlie's a great, uh, you know, the kids just, they just, they get it, yep. right? He's, like, he's a great leader, and they just, they've, they've kind of attracted to him, and he's that whole turning point everywhere they go, and it's just as young, energetic kids who are, not going to end up like robots, which is the most important thing, right? Drones. Yeah. Walking Pollu- around. Polluted, on these. polluted by a college system that just yeah. wants to indoctrinate them. Exactly right. So, yep. so that'll be fun to watch Monday noon. Man, tune in. Appointment television. Charlie Kirk show. 12 noon right here on Real America's Voice. Uh, let's do some more. Well, remember how we've been saying last couple of days, specifically last night, and I talked to Ed and Karen about it. Um, but the language changing and by the, the rats just jump and ship. And even now... You know, you see Don Lemon questioning mm-hmm. Jean-Pierre, and she can't even believe he's asking the question. She almost has an aneurysm right there on set. Uh, well, here, here's just another. This is this morning on CNN and uh, Van Jones. They're talking about the Democratic Party and where they are, and this is what... Now, I'll give Van Jones a little credit because he has once in a while said some things that I go, oh, huh, okay. <laughs> so it's not, not, it's not like if Brian Stetler said it or somebody like that, so... Right. I'm not going to give him too much credit, but I'll at least say that. But here's what he says. Becoming a party of the very high and the very low. Uh, if you pull out the working class, you've got people who are very well educated and very well off. Those people talk funny. Latinx, I've never met a Latinx. I've never met a BIPOC. I've never met you know, all this, this weird stuff that these highly educated people say is bizarre. Nobody talks that way at the barbershop, the nail salon, uh, the, 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 uh, the grocery store, uh, the community center. But that's how we talk now. So that's weird. And then the people who are very low down on the economic ladder need a bunch of stuff. You wind up over-promising, oh, we're going to give you reparations to, to people at the bottom of the economic ladder, talking weird to appeal to people at the top of the economic ladder, and the working class walks away from you. That is the danger we're facing. Of becoming a party of wow. the very high. There you go. That's uh, pretty pretty blatantly honest. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what are we doing? He's basically saying, like, yeah. what are we doing as a party? What, what is this? Nobody yeah. talks like this. Nobody uses these. It's such a small niche group of, of lunatics <laughs> that we're letting take over this party. Fine by me, by the way, but uh, I mean... So you're seeing more and more and more of this at CNN specifically. Well, they got new management, right? New management, yeah. new owner. New, new. Uh, Discovery, uh, well, I think it's Discovery, right? That's. Uh, I think so, yeah. Marching yeah. orders from the top. Yeah, it said we're not going to be a communist news network anymore. Yeah. And we're not going to employ. Um... Well, Stellar's still there, surprisingly. It's shocking to me that he's still there. I mean, he, I mean he's got to be on his last days or weeks, I would think. Uh, he's he's probably just enjoying the last few days of his dress shirt, underwear, and red socks. 
um, before he gets to heave ho. Do we think he gets to heave ho before September? I'll say yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. So there's not a Damon Nostradam- Nostradamus no, moment no. here. You're all on board with that. I'm oh, point. yeah. Okay. I don't um, think, uh, I'd be surprised if he lasts beyond, say, July 4th. The Daily Wire did a compilation of, um, well, the implosion of CNN. You want to see that? It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. All right, G, roll it. <laughs> this brand new research by Gallup there says American is. trust in the mass media yeah. is at its lowest point since 2016 yeah, well, and near a record so. low overall. Yeah. Jeff Zucker I'm, has announced know. his immediate resignation as the president of CNN. This Oops. comes amid an investigation into what Jeff Zucker calls a consensual relationship. Oh. What happened and where <laughs> CNN goes from here? <laughs> you were caught masturbating on camera. Oh, God, you since guy. then have been on leave from Jeremy. CNN. Do I have all that right? Um, you got it all right, sad to say. The biggest media story this weekend, it's the firing of Chris Cuomo from this network, Oops. CNN. Late Wednesday, a lawyer contacted CNN with a sexual misconduct complaint about Cuomo. Joining me now, the man who accused Don Lemon of sexual assault. His accuser <laughs> claims Lemon started rubbing himself. But the even bigger point, I think, is about what the press is. Is it produced by reporters or by repeaters? Repeaters are the talk radio shouters. They're on TV and radio telling the same story every day. President Trump. President Trump. President Trump. 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 Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Telling the same story every day. Repeaters are Twitter trolls who anonymously amplify propaganda and try to wear the rest of us down with their repetition. January 6th. 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 Repetition. January 6th insurrection. The insurrection. The insurrection. The insurrection. The insurrection. The insurrection. 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 Repetition. 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 So much of what they are repeating is from reporters, from the people paid to figure out what is true. A widely held conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was created in a Chinese laboratory. Dr. Fauci, thank you uh, for keeping it straight. Thank you for fighting the good fight. We know the science. We know that masks work. What we have now is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is really now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is now a <laughs> pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. What does Putin have on Trump? Has Trump been compromised? But it does look like that young man to me is taunting the Native American Vietnam vet and he's in his face. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by either Hunter or Joe Biden. There's no evidence of wrongdoing by either Joe or Hunter Biden. What you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations that have been burning in Kenosha. But this isn't about ideology. The biggest terror threat in this country comes from radicals on the far right, primarily white men. As a white woman, aware of my own privilege in this country, I am so angry and I can't even begin. Oh my goodness. Now, too many see the protests as the problem. No, the problem is what forced your fellow citizens to take to the streets. A few moments later. <laughs> Here inside CNN Center, Taping. we just threw something on fire, Chris. Yep. <laughs> Nick, you all right? We're getting out of here, Chris. We are not fake news. We are real news. And now the two faces of Hillary Clinton are coming out. The fact through WikiLeaks that she says one thing uh, and... Oh, no. All right, let's see if we can get Congressman Collins back. Obviously, we just lost the satellite feed. That sucks. Routinely at these rallies, we are hearing a chance of uh, CNN sucks. (laughs) (laughs) This is CNN, the most trusted name in. (laughs) Wow. Wow. 
Awesome. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo on the production quality Damn. there. Yes. Dang. That's a that's a lot of that's a lot of propaganda you got to sit through to put that all together. Man, oh man. Oof. And just think how it opened with Stellar. And I'm, I'm trusting the media <laughs> that it's low. Yeah. Gee, wonder why. Wonder why. All right, let's do some more news and hear what that's Rick Delgado. What's going on? Crazy, Those crazy, crazy. News is brought to you by our friends at Seven Cells, sevencells.com, LFS6B. A checkout for 10% off, whether it's ivermectin or anything else. All right. Well, uh, things at the border aren't getting any better since October. 50 suspects on the terror watch list have been caught attempting to enter the country via the border with Mexico. This coming from just the news. Uh, border Patrol agents are reporting that the U.S. southern border, they've apprehended 15 people uh, last month alone who are on the on the uh, FBI terror watch list. That that figure is for a number of people caught uh, on the watch list on any month and equal to the total number of apprehensions uh, throughout the entire year. Beyond that list is a record of 240,000 illegal Im- immigrants crossing the border in May and were apprehended by customs. Uh, the agency, however, only sends back half of the individuals it encounters, meaning the rest... Uh, in this case, about 120,000, were either released outright at the border or transferred to other government agencies, which then, of course, turn around and release them as well. Last month, federal prosecutors revealed they had caught an Iraqi man attempting to carry out an assassination attempt. Oh, what a surprise. On former President George W. Bush, the man said he was planning to bring an ISIS hit squad into the country via the southern border, but yet it still remains the mess that it is at the time the trump administration's cbp director mark morgan said i'm concerned that the next terror attacker is already in the united states because of this administration's open border policies so the mess continues down south uh switching things over to dc the wife of justice thomas Ginny thomas she is the uh, wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, says she's eager to clear up misconceptions with the Democrat-led January 6th committee as the panel seeks her testimony. Thomas made the statement yesterday as a committee chairman, um, Uncle Phil from uh, Fresh Prince, publicly stated members at some point might invite her to speak with them. Thomas was at a rally prior to January 6th uh, at the Capitol building. However, the committee more recently appears to be focused on alleged emails between her and then-President Trump lawyer John Eastman, who was advising Trump on the results of the 2020 election. I can't wait to clear up the misconceptions, Thomas said. I look forward to talking to them. According to Thompson, the panel discovered information in the Thomas Eastman emails, which at the time remained in discovery phase, according to Politico. Thomas's invitation to testify, he says, will arrive soon. Uh, Also, Thursday, Eastman pushed back or published at least one of the emails on the online publishing platform Substack. And Thomas has a long history of conservative activism which has raised concerns among some considering her husband's position in the highest court in the land. Okay. Oh, you want another one? I got more. No, if you don't have, that's fine. No, I got, I got this, uh, you know, switching over things to, uh, to Massachusetts. Now the site of the, uh, warrior Celtics. Well, it was also the site of a car bashing through an ant, uh, with anti-Trump bumper stickers through the uh, pro-Trump store located in New England. Mm. Police in Massachusetts are investigating the accident. I don't know if you've seen the video. I have this, it here. This car flies into the... It, it's just insane. Look at this. Oh, 
That was that was no accident. Thank God that guy. Was and thank scared. goodness nobody was standing there. The Eastman Police Department has posted a video of the incident, which you just saw there. One employee who was not injured was in the store at the time of the crash, at around 5 p.m. Um, the video shows the vehicle plowing through the window and going several yards into the store, knocking over racks of shirts. The owner of the store, Keith Lambert, told the local news outlet that just before the car crashed through the window, there was a little boy and his mother shopping right in that area. He said, thank God nobody got hurt. That's all I can say. I mean, that's an act of terrorism. Yeah. I mean, right? there's, there's, there's... You're using your car as a weapon. Sure. How, how is it not? I mean, that, that is absolutely what that is and should be treated as such. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. This is, very, this is a very interesting um, story because of, obviously, the setup of what that store is. Yeah. And how, it, how it's treated and how quickly it's, we, we um, get to the facts here. Yeah. And, and images of bumper stickers on the back of the uh, Volkswagen Jetta that was used appear to show an image of the former president, President Trump, with a barcode on his, on his upper lip that looks to be a reference to Adolf Hitler. So there you have it. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Maybe the Department of Justice can get on top of this and maybe leave the parents at the school board meetings alone and maybe take a look at this and see what he thinks. Yeah. Insane. And that's wow. all I've got. I don't want to hear any oh, he lost control of the car. Yeah, as he sped up, going yeah, straight. Pretty yeah. clear. All right, live from Studio 6B, uh, sports and news coming up. We're back right after this. Those are suspects in our case. These are the trails we used to see in Roma. Modern day slavery. Ben Berkwam, new episode of Law and Border. A little preview right there. Tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Right here on Real America's Voice. I already told you about Charlie Kirk on Monday at noon. Let me also tell you, Ed and Karen rode to the majority. They're going to do a two-hour special wrap-up on um, Saturday from 12 to 2. So you'll have live coverage from 12 to 2 on Saturday. Ed and Karen will be in uh, Nashville still, uh, wrapping up the president. And... Um, president spoke today and a couple clips actually of the president here let's throw this one up g this is um the president from earlier today we want so many things all of which we had just a year and a half ago these extremists are consumed by resentment envy intolerance bigotry malice and even rage against nature itself this is not just a political problem this is a spiritual problem for the radical left, politics has become their religion. It has warped their sense of right and wrong. They don't have a sense of right and wrong. 
true and false, good and evil. You saw the Russia, Russia hoax that we all went through for two and a half years. I watched this Adam Schiff the other day, Shifty Schiff. Guy's nothing. <laughs> He's nothing. We call him Watermelon Head. He's a perfect Schiff. <laughs> but I watched him. I watched him for two and a half years stand up at a podium just like this or stand in front of the press. It is terrible what President Trump has done with his relationship with Russia. I'm saying, Russia, what the hell do I have to do with Russia? This went on for two and a half years. And it turned out to be a hoax. It's been now revealed. Some of the papers have already, some of the media has already admitted it. There'll be a lot of litigation. There's going to be tremendous litigation. Two and a half years actually causing us danger, aside from everything else, but causing us great danger. I'll never forget when this guy, I'll never forget when he stood up at the microphone and said, Donald Trump Jr. will go for, to prison. Think of this. Donald Trump Jr. will go to prison for what he has done to our country and for his relationship with Russia. And I said, what the hell is going on? <laughs> it's true. Now think of how bad a person do you have to be? You know it's a fake story. It was made up by him and Hillary Clinton and all these people. Crooked Hillary. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little little taste <laughs> of the president from this afternoon. We we debated yesterday whether he's going to be fired up. He was. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was, as he always is. Well, because Watermelon Head is out there doing <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> that I really, really like that. Man, that's why I, I'm, I may steal that. That's why I'm, I'm stealing can, it now. I was say, if I can, <laughs> we can get some permission to steal that from the president. I'll, I really like that to describe Schiff. By the way, Schiff's doing it again. Yeah. That's what. That's why I brought it up because he's out there doing it again with he's, this January sixth committee. He's doing stuff. it again right now. Yep. that's exactly right. He's like, so. oh, there's enough evidence. He sees it. Yep. A- again, Watermelon Head's the only one who sees it. Yep, he's the only one who sees something that's not there. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's do some sports and hear what that is. Uh, Slick Rick, Rick Amarani. <laughs> sports brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell, My Pillow, MyPillow.com slash LFS6B for all the best deals that they're offering. Ten to sixty percent off with our code LFS6B. Support Mike Lindell. Uh, get those slippers for dad. Sunday's coming. I don't even know if you can get them in time now for Sunday, but uh, well, you can give them to him late too if you want to give them to him on Monday or Tuesday. He'll still like them. So uh, what's going on, Slick Rick? Uh, let's go to the Friday Night Rodeo, Big Spring Cowboy Reunion and Rodeo, Big Spring, Texas at the Big Spring Rodeo Bowl. Bareback riding leader right now, Anthony Thomas, 82 points on Peacock Pro Rodeo's Roxanne. Steer wrestling leader, Cody Harmon, 3.7 seconds. Team roping, Aaron Macy and Zane Bruce, 5.1 seconds. Saddle Bronc, Tom Webster, 77 points on Peacock Pro Rodeo's Hollywood Night. Tie down roping, uh, Joel Harris and Michael Perry, with uh, and Cody Waldrop, 9.7 seconds each. And barrel racing, Jackie Ganta, 15.55 seconds. That's fantastic score. And uh, Shaquille O'Neal pays tab of over 25000 for entire restaurant while on date. This is from Jordan Rose of Yahoo Sports. Shaquille O'Neal proves time and again that he's a man of the people. This time by making dinner on him for an entire restaurant of people, Shaq was reportedly on a date at Julon Club in New York City when he decided to not only tip his waiters generously 
obviously, but to also cover the tab of the entire restaurant. A source who was at the restaurant told Page Six that the bill came out to well over 25000 for all 40 tables that were filled that night. The source also said that Shaq wanted to keep the good deed under wraps until he left. Per the outlet source, Shaq left the restaurant staff the biggest tip they've ever received before disappearing into the night after eating Beijing chicken, shrimp tempura, and chicken satay. Uh, just in case you were curious, Shaq's net worth is estimated to be around $400 million, and when he's uh, not helping a bunch of strangers, have a great night out. He's picking up tabs, and uh, obviously he's doing the uh, NBA. He does his analyst there where he's making, uh, make, calling out different people for not being team players and saying that no one man can do it all. Michael Jordan had to have a Scottie Pippen. And uh, anyway, good stuff there on Shaq. And uh, last but not least, Big D, uh, FIFA names the 16 North American cities to host the 2026 World Cup games. This is uh, Adam Yates, the yard barker. The 16 host cities for the 2026 uh, FIFA World Cup were officially announced yesterday with 11 in the United States. We we have Seattle, San Francisco, L.A., Dallas, Houston, Kansas City, Atlanta, Miami, Philly, New York, and Boston rounding out the U.S. sites. FIFA also announced that SoFi Stadium will host the games in Los Angeles. The United States hosted the 1994, hosted the 1994 World Cup, while Mexico hosted the tournament in 1970 and 86. Canada will host the World Cup games for the first time in 2026. They have uh, Vancouver and uh, Toronto satellites. And uh, FIFA President Gianni Infantino made a bold prediction as he predicted soccer would be the biggest sport on the continent by that time, meaning that it will be exceed football. So that'd be interesting to see. But World Cup, it's exciting. And they'll have a game in East Rutherford in uh, Met Get a Life Stadium. And that's a wrap. Big Steve, back to you. And sp- All right, Slick Rick, thanks. Uh, a couple other things from the president here, G. Let's throw this up from today, about the January 6th. They can. These are very vicious people. Just like crazy Liz Cheney removed the part of my quote where I urge people to peacefully and patriotically make their voices heard. Think of that. Compare that to Maxine Waters. You ever watch her? (laughs) You ever watch her ranting and raving and go get them and fight them and you know what? And many others. Look at Pelosi, her statements. They're horrible statements. Look at Schumer in front of the United States Supreme Court. He sounded like a mob boss. <laughs> yeah. And they say, look, peacefully and patriotically. Yeah. But look at Schumer. Go back and look at that tape. Frankly, Bill Barr, if he had courage, he would have done something about it. I suggested it. I suggested it. But he was so afraid of Ooh. being impeached, he didn't want to do anything. How do you not get impeached? Don't do anything. Don't do anything. (laughs) The committee is taking the testimony of witnesses who defended me for eight hours, chopping it up and truncating sound bites to make it sound like what they said was absolutely terrible. But it's remember, it's also the people that weren't allowed to even testify that wanted to. A lot of people wanted to go and testify about what they saw and how crooked it was. Meanwhile, the committee refuses to play any of the tape of people saying the good things, the things that we want to hear. It's a one-way street. It's a rigged deal. It's a disgrace, and it's never happened in the history of our country where we didn't have any, we have no representation. They say, oh, they have Republicans. Who are they? Liz Cheney and Adam (laughs) Kinzinger, the crier. He cries every time he speaks. This guy's got a mental disorder. He cries every time this guy gets up to speak. He starts crying. I said, there's something wrong with that guy. These are our representatives. (laughs) I miss that. I miss that on a daily basis. Oh, man, me too. Why ever. (laughs) Fire.
All right, hour two live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. Still lots to get to. Man, we got a lot of stuff to get to. I haven't gotten anything. <laughs> playing clips of the president, which have been great, by the way. One more here I've got from him today. Uh, you can see all these at the Real America's Voice uh, social media at Real AM Voice. Here's the president. A little more on the January Salem witch trials here. If it were an insurrection that took place at the Capitol, you would have known it very soon. They would have, these were strong people. These were great patriots. They were policemen. They were firemen. They were soldiers. They were sailors. There were no guns. I heard they didn't have one gun. Nobody was killed except for a wonderful young woman named Ashley Babbitt who was viciously shot. And in my opinion, for absolutely no reason, by a police officer. They wanted, they wanted to keep this officer shielded. They didn't want anyone to know his name. Now, when it happens on the other side, oh, they plaster, they plaster pictures up. I've never seen anything. But they wanted to shield him. And then all of a sudden, he's doing an interview on, like, NBC fake news. And... Well, one of the networks, he's doing, oh, he's doing an interview. He didn't want to be sure. He was so proud of what he did. I watched him. I said, this guy's actually proud of what he did. He shot her. Point blank, just shot her. And she's the only one that died. We didn't have guns. There were no guns there. And it's a shame what's happening. I'll say as bluntly and plainly as possible that this malicious partisan narrative is a big monstrous lie and i believe yeah well we know that to be the fact um and as he said the the worst thing about it is that it's choreographed it's um it's all for show staged choreographed there's no opposing views there's no anything no questioning just and like he said we've never seen anything like this well this, this is banana republic stuff this yeah. is this is what they do in in these types of countries yep that's exactly right yep. this is how uh kim jong-un and uh vladimir putin get 95 percent of the vote it's amazing yeah i mean some of the video they've shown at this thing from what i can tell i haven't watched one second of it i just see the clips of it or other people talking about it it's on par with kim jong-un remember <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the watch video that's, yep. that's what it's like yeah yeah, with the music, with the over-dramatized running music and stuff. That's what it's like. So, all right, it's time now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show, and that is Rick Delgado with What Even Is That? All right, Damon. Well, you know, according to my watch, it's mid-June, and that means this weekend is, well, it's Father's Day. Yep, one day dads get every year while a group of guys who don't procreate with a woman get a whole month, but we already waited about that, so let's uh, let that lie. And like I said, it's the one day we take out of every year to celebrate dads. I mean, let's face it, they come in all shapes and sizes and colors and are, are basically one half of the equation that helps mold us, kids, into who we become. 
But there's one dad I'm sure will be celebrating a little bit extra this year. Well, because he's got a son who's who's a gift that just keeps on giving. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, oh, no, nice. no. Not oh, Del Curry, the four-time, you know, the dad of four-time NBA champion, uh, Steph Curry. No, not him. No. Though he's a pretty good dad, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm also not talking. No, I'm not talking about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, good, you know, good. basically, oh, no. yeah, the greatest governor ever in the world. Yep. Uh, he, of course, he looks like he's a pretty good dad too. Uh, really, though, uh, I'm talking about this dad in particular, who, like I said, <laughs> has a son who just keeps on giving. Mm. I mean, he's a gift to all of us, really. <laughs> <laughs> Why none other than it's it's Joe and Hunter Biden. And well, that's great about the. And what's great about these two is that they're both wonderful examples of parental perfection. Mm-hmm. Yes, with Joe Biden, of course, you have the president of the United States, the most <laughs> prestigious and powerful office in the world. And of course, what a role model Joe has been to Hunter, right? Yeah. From, yeah. from 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 a grifting senator to an incompetent vice president, and finally becoming an ascending to become the most feeble-minded and worst president in the history of our nation. Yeah. That's quite the trifecta there, kids. And then, of course, as we can see, that lovingly fatherly example has been fully absorbed by this dashing young son, hasn't he? Oh. Whew. But like, I, like with everyone, it's that time of year comes around where we struggle to find that perfect <laughs> gift for those special dads in our life. Sure. And it could be teeth, maybe. Um, and you know what? Joe is no exception. I mean, we already know what Joe thinks of Hunter, right? He is the smartest man I know. I mean, in pure intellectual capacity. Yeah. (laughs) And now because of this, we know what Hunter thinks of Joe. The man I most admire in the world, that God to me, Mm. thinks I'm a God. Mm. And my brother did too. Mm. And the three of us, it was literally, I had the support to know. I can do anything. Yeah. Well, there you see it. You see how they see themselves as gods. Yeah. So naturally, when it comes to Hunter, the favored son, I'm sure Joe was whispering to himself, what do I get the smartest guy I know has everything? Yeah. What do you um, get And you know what? That's a great question. Because as you can see. <laughs> Not a handgun. He, he doesn't need any guns or hookers this year. No. Nope. No. And I'm sure he doesn't need any more crack, right? No, he's got probably got <laughs> yeah, enough of that. I think he's got enough of that. But as it turns out. Old Joe already knew what he was getting, Hunter, believe it or not, for Father's Day. Okay. Yeah. Turns out that old lion pony soldier got us again when he hinted at it back on March 16th when he said this. So we established a new civil rights, a new civil rights cause of action for those whose intimate images were shared on the public screen. How many times have you heard? I'll bet everybody knows somebody somewhere along the line. Like a son? That in an intimate relationship, what happened was the guy takes a revealing picture of his naked friend or right. whatever in Wave a compromising position. And then literally, in a sense, blackmails or, or, or mortifies that person. Yeah, mortifies. Send it out. Put it online. Yeah, seriously. I mean, what even is that? It's like Back to the Future stuff. I guess, I guess you know, that is a guy who really knows his son. Yeah. I mean, talk about planning ahead. <laughs> it's almost like he knew Hunter would need something special, like legislation, <laughs> that only he could deliver. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe throw in a new laptop, too, while he was at it. <laughs> But I guess what makes their father-son relationship so special is that it turns out they're the envy of DC. Yes. And, and, oh, let's not forget, Hunter's a dad, too. 
So I'm sure his kids are very proud of him having his own porn video channel (laughs) and are wondering what to get him for Father's Day this year. You know what I'm thinking? How about a new scarf? I don't know. Maybe (laughs) he may need one. Well, whatever you decide, kids, you only got a couple days left, so don't delay. Fine. (laughs) So this Father's Day 2022, the one thing you should be glad is be glad your dad isn't Joe or Hunter Biden. Yeah. No, I'm really serious. These people are awful. Terrible. And for the dads, stepdads, and father figures out there, remember this. This weekend, enjoy your day. You deserve it. You do a lot every day and every day of the year, and you aren't done yet. You probably never will be. So for the next 364 days, continue doing what you do. Be the leader, the listener, the teacher, the coach, the cheerleader, the breadwinner, the guardian, the protector, the hard ass, and most of all, be the example. Remember, you're not just raising good kids, you're raising good adults. And luckily, none of them will be named Hunter or Joe. Daddy Damon, back to you. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. I look forward to your how you're going to get it back to me every time. Now. Well, it's like a new thing. Daddy T. Daddy, Daddy T, baby. Come on. Daddy T. Daddy T. Happy, happy Father's Day to Daddy T. Absolutely. Yeah, all right, that was good, Rick. Very thank good. Thank you. And happy Father's Day. Yes, yes. All to all fathers this week can enjoy. Happy Father's Day. My my dad, happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all yeah. you guys. Um, we'll see. What could Joe get Hunter for Father's Day? I wonder. <laughs> that legis- that's that's a good point though, Rick. Yeah. Could could have been that. He could have been thinking ahead. He, yeah. Who 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 knew? That sly old fox. I mean, we actually, play- he actually has it together. We played the audio clip this week of him. Um about him saying he can pretty much tell his father anything he wants, and he'll make it part of the plan. So maybe yep. he told him, hey, Dad, the post is going to run. <laughs> <laughs> you know that uh, laptop speak- I keep yeah. saying that's not mine? <laughs> yeah, just uh. one more thing that may have come from it. <laughs> uh, one more thing here. Speaking of Hunter, 21G, roll that. It was in 2003 when Hunter returned from rehab the first time, and he tells you something about the tax situation. What did he tell you? That we owed money in taxes but that he had set up a payment plan and he wasn't worried. In the last several years, Hunter Biden's finances have come under intense public scrutiny. Biden announced in December 2020 that federal investigators had been probing his tax affairs and foreign business dealings. Sources telling ABC News part of the investigation includes Hunter Biden's work with a natural gas firm based in Ukraine called Burisma, where he served on the board from 2014 to 2019. The investigation is ongoing. Biden has not been charged with a crime. If you were called to testify, would you have anything to say? No. I have buried my head in the sand. I really hope that's a lesson that women hear. Understand your finances, take responsibility for them. I sat down with Hunter back in 2019. I asked him specifically, whether or not he would have been asked to be on that Burisma board if his last name hadn't been Biden. He said to me, I don't know, probably not. I don't think there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life if my last name wasn't Biden. Duh. Would you agree with that? (laughs) Not entirely. Trying to get someone to parse out what parts of their life, you know, came from their parents is, in my mind, not (laughs) a... Yeah. Yeah, she buried her head in the sand until it was time to write a book. Oh, they right. pulled it right out then. 
Then she's got plenty to say. Uh, whatever. Um, it's also convenient that she didn't know anything about their money and he didn't explain anything to her. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That, that's good. That that sounds like most couples these days. Yeah, and, yeah. She, didn't, and she didn't know anything about the hookers and the... Uh... Yeah, no, no, he seemed like a straight <laughs> stand-up guy. I go, no, it's fine. <laughs> and sleeping with his uh, sleeping yeah. with his uh, sister-in-law. She didn't know any of that. Yeah, no, it's real. It's real. it would have been really hard to see. <laughs> or, or maybe the hooker in Arkansas. Nah, 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 no, 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 I couldn't have figured that out on kid. my own. Nah, what does she mean by the way that well, I'm not sure that's true that he would have got a job if his last name was a Biden? <laughs> well, did she have he had some skills we didn't know about in the um, natural gas energy uh, sector? What what, is, what does she mean by that? Yeah, he used to fart in her face. That's probably about <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, if his last name wasn't Biden, I mean, he'd be just another guy in New York City that the district attorney doesn't want to charge with a, a gun. You know, what do you mean? He'd just be another drug addict on the street somewhere that's what it is if his last name wasn't biden he would be on skid row yeah he, he would not be in jail for his crimes right. <laughs> if he was in new york city anyways <laughs> or anywhere else yeah. so that, that's what it would be but what is she talking about i mean it's kind of hard to take from her that she had her head in the sand i mean come on yeah and all of a sudden she's writing a book and doing interviews but when she's asked about anything she says i don't know well i don't know i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Read the book. Maybe that's what she's doing. She's, you know, you want to find out the answer to that question, yeah, read good, the book. Could be the strategy, yes. Could be. <laughs> All right, live from Studio 6B, more to do. Crazy Town coming up. There, there, there uh, are several culprits. There's Biden and what he's done, and it's not irrelevant, but it's not. And the, what? And, and what is that? Well, that is all the spending, basically. Yeah, the, you know, the American the, Rescue the relief, Plan, the, relief the fourteen hundred dollars checks, the two trillion dollars that you and I have talked about a lot. That's on the sidelines. Half of that's government money that we gave people to spend, and now they're trying to spend it, so you get inflation. Yeah. Uh, and as we talked about the other day, left to its own devices, the administration would have proposed another four trillion dollars of programs with taxes, but nonetheless, they right. still would have uh, had. But but that's one issue. Yeah, thanks to Joe Manchin, we didn't do that. Or think of where inflation would be now. We'd be at uh, 30%, since we're probably really at about 18. Although I was listening to um, somebody make the argument that CPI, and going back and thinking about it, saying, oh, it's not calculated right is a mistake, but I don't know. But either way, inflation's on the rise, we know that. So what do you do with your cash if you have cash? Of course, most people now live in check to check credit card utilization going up savings going down that savings that steve ratner is talking about there airdrops of fourteen hundred dollars a couple times in the last two years so if you have cash what do you do you got to protect it how do you protect it well one of the options to consider is physical gold and silver and the folks to talk to there are birch gold birch gold experts in precious metals an a-plus rating with the better business bureau thousands of satisfied customers so here's what you do. Text America to 989898 and they'll give you what your options are. You can convert in, uh, you can buy gold coins, number one. You can convert an existing IRA to a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA account. So text America to 989898. Get your free information kit with absolutely no obligation from our friends at Birch Gold Group and let them show you how owning gold and silver could help protect your savings. 
All right, 18 past the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Lots to do. Uh, one more quick one here from the president today in his speech. This is a good moment here. Watch this. One of the most urgent tasks facing the next Republican president. I wonder who that will be. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's very nice. I appreciate it. Am I allowed to cry like Adam Kinzinger? <laughs> I still haven't figured out if his crying is real. Hard to believe it's real. Yeah, oh, man. That's so good. I don't know what happened there. We lost the rest of the audio. Would anybody like me to run for president? <laughs> oh. Come on, Daddy T. <laughs> Come on, Daddy T. Oh, Bring Daddy it home. T. Let's do some sports. I miss Daddy T. Yeah. Trump. Yeah. Trump, bring him home. Come All on. Right. Daddy D. Buffalo, Bill Rodeo, North Platte, Nebraska, the great state of Nebraska. You know we love Nebraska. We love the it. Wild West Arena. Friend, friend of the show. Yeah. <laughs> the entire state is a friend Nebraska, of the show. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> Don't be a jerk. They They're are. back. Boys, come on, quit horsing around. Ty Brewer, 82 points on Butler and Sons Rodeo. Belt star. I see what you did there. Yeah, you got it. Steer wrestling. First round, Sam Goings going strong. 4.8 seconds. Good score. Team roping leaders, Nelson Wyatt and Tyler Ward. Orly, five seconds flat. And we got uh, Saddlebronk, Jacob Camera, 83 points on Butler and Sun Rodeo's homecoming. Tie down roping. We got Ty, Lane Livingston, and Marty Yates, seven and a half seconds, $1,576. That held up from last night. And Barrel Racing leader Peyton Stepanoff also held up from last night, 17.48 tenths of a second. And Bull Riding Dawson Gleaves, 80 points on Butler and Sun Rodeo's All Star. A big day earlier today, Men's U.S. Open. A little bit of news out of Brookline, Massachusetts. It's there. The uh, country club lefty did not make the cut. He shot 11 over 143. And uh, I guess he's going to pack his bags and head back to Saudi Arabia for the live tournaments because uh, he didn't do too well at the U.S. Open. And uh, that's the big news coming out of there today. I'll have a full report on Monday of all the happenings. We'll see how Rory ended up and, uh, and, and everyone else there for that matter. And uh, NFL. Oh, hey, talk about this is your, this is for this is fantastic. Uh, NFL finds Ron Rivera, 100,000. Docs Washington Commanders, two 2023 OTA practices. John Keem of ESPN, Ashburn, Virginia. The NFL find Washington Commanders coach Ron Rivera, 100,000, and stripped the team of two OTA practices for conducting excessive contact in spring drills, according to ESPN's Dan Graziano. The NFL Players Association reviewed practice video June 1st and 8th per request to the Commanders, informed the NFL Management Council that it felt those practices violated the collective bargaining agreement prohibition against live contact. Last week, Rivera fined defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio 100000 for comments comparing the events of January 6th at the U.S. Capitol to riots and looting during the summer of 2020. Rivera said Del Rio's comment calling January 6th the dust-up created a distraction for the team. So what's good for the goose is good for the head coach. That's fantastic. I love that story. And uh, so he's, he's short hundred grand. Quick to fire, you know, to uh, take money from Del Rio. Somewhere I could see Jack Del Rio's wife going, 
Good. He deserves it. And anyway, Big D, that's a rapid sports for this segment. Back to you. Okay, Slick Rick, thanks. Let's do some news with Rick Delgado. What's going on? All right. In a surprise move, the Democratic governor of California, his name, Gavin Newsom, uh, said he would be joining Donald Trump's Truth Social Network uh, in a bid to call out Republican lies, he says. He, he, wrote, he says here, I just joined Trump's Truth Social, said Newsom in a tweet. Um, this could get interesting. I'm going to be going there to call out Republican lies. The, government, uh, the governor's first post on Truth Social was a short video addressing what Newsom said yeah. is a red state murder and, problem. And here it is. Cut 13, roll it, G. Hey, everybody. It's Governor Gavin Newsom. And I know we're all on this platform in search for the truth. But the truth is, I've not been able to find a simple explanation for the fact that we have a red state murder problem. Eight of the top 10 states with the highest murder rates happen to be red states. So the question is simple. What are the laws and policies in those states that are leading to such carnage? Okay, um, first of all, <laughs> is that even true? I would, that's not, uh, that can't be true. According to the article, Newsom is correct that some of the most murder-prone states lean Republican overall, but what the governor, uh, what the governor has left out and what he fails to mention um, is that uh, the violence in those states is driven by the bluest cities. Uh-huh. So Louisiana, the state with the highest rate of murders in the country, contains an overwhelmingly Democratic city of Baton Rouge and New Orleans who were a sixth and seventh on the murder-prone rate when it comes to cities as per the 2019 FBI uh, statistics. Missouri, the state with the second highest murder rate, contains an overwhelmingly Democrat city of St. Louis, which had the highest, uh, highest murder rate in the United States in 2019. Other blue cities and red states have also hit the top 10, uh, including Memphis, Tennessee, Birmingham, Alabama, and Little Rock, Arkansas. So Gavin Newsom's good when he's in front of the camera all prepped out and decked out and no one there. He's not so good when this happens. Cut 12, G. Roll that. Governor, why is it okay for you to take money from a felon? Uh, and you know that the way you frame that is going to lead me to ask you to your, flesh Your office out. is aware of my question. I've tried to schedule time to talk God with you about bless, this. I, I P- don't know what you're PG&E referring to. PG&E was convicted of, a federal, well, of six federal felonies in 2016. After that, you took more than $200,000 to help get elected. How should people trust you to be running the show to come up with the solutions? I, um, I, I wish you luck with whatever you're working on, but uh, that's a strange question. Well, I know it's a strange question. It's a strange time, but there's a convicted federal felon making campaign donations in this state to our duly elected (laughs) leaders, including the speaker, who took almost nine grand. We're trying to focus on It's a serious question. You don't think people want an answer to that? Uh, We are focusing uh, very, very uh, collaboratively on addressing uh, the issue of not only one IOU that went bankrupt, but the prospects of two IOUs going bankrupt. The prospect that two in Southern California, we'll have a downgrade uh, in their bond rating. They're well aware of the issue. Is it okay for well, you to take the money from them with I'm, the felony conviction? They're still serving their sentence for crying out loud. We have additional there's questions. Nothing. Yeah. yeah Governor, uh, I've got a policy question about the wildfire. You're not going to answer. Just You're not going to answer the question. I, I I don't know what more I can say that will. You can say whether you agree it was okay to take money sir, from a felon and will you give it back? We have additional questions. questions. I, don't I know you have additional to, questions. Uh, All right. Policy questions about the wildfire though. <laughs> How about that? That's good journalism. Wow. Not so good under those circumstances, is he? Little weasel. Wow. He almost started crying like Adam Kinzinger. That's about as uncomfortable as one person can be. <laughs> Whoa.
live from Studio 6B on a Friday night. Glad you're in. So a couple, let's get to some, um, let's get to, we have Crazy Town coming up. Let's get to a couple other things here. Uh, We talked about Ram, we played the clip of Rand Paul and Fauci yesterday, but then we talked about the other moment where he asked him about the royalties. Uh, We didn't play it last night. Here it is. Cut one, G, roll that. Another question for you. The NIH continues to refuse to voluntarily divulge the names of scientists who receive royalties and from which companies. Over the period of time from 2010 to 2016, 27,000 royalty payments were paid to 1,800 NIH employees. We know that not because you told us, but because we forced you to tell us through the Freedom of Information Act. Over $193 million was given to these 1,800 employees. Can you tell me that you have not received a royalty from any entity that you ever oversaw the distribution of money in research grants? Um, well, first of all, let's talk about royalties. That's the question. No, that's the question. Have oh, you ever no, overseen, have you ever received a royalty plan. payment from a company that you later oversaw money going to that company? You know, I don't know is a fact, but I doubt it. I well, well here's the go- thing is, why don't you let us know? Why don't you reveal you- how much you've gotten and from what entities? The NIH okay, refuses. Set it, set Look, we ask them. We ask them, the NIH, we ask them whether or not who got it and how much. They refuse right. to tell us. They sent it redacted. Here's what I want to know. It's not just about you. Everybody on the vaccine committee, have any of them ever received money from the people who make right. vaccines? Can you tell me uh, that? Can you tell me if anybody on the vaccine approval committees ever uh, received gonna, any money from people who make the vaccines? Soundbite number one, are you going to let me answer a question? Okay, so let me give you some information. First of all, according to the regulations, people who receive royalties are not required to divulge them even on their financial statement, according to the Bayh-Dole Act. So let me give you some example. From 2015 to 2020, I, the only royalties I have was my lab and I made a monoclonal antibody for use in vitro reagent that had nothing to do with patients. And during that period of time, my royalties ranged from $21 a year to $7,700 a year. And the average per year was $191.46. It's all redacted. It's all redacted, and you can't get any information on the eighteen hundred scientists. Your, your time is so long. we want to know whether Senator or not Paul. people got money from the people who made the manufacturing. Senator Paul, vaccine. your time is long over expired. I gave you an additional two and a half minutes. The witness has responded. We are going to move on, Senator Sanders. Mm, Sen- Patty Murray doesn't know what to do. No, cover, cover, cover. <laughs> well, that's a question we all should know the answer to, especially as they continue to. Um, well, push these on now our kids, yeah. babies. And with with no science or common sense behind it, what else can you point to to why they'd be doing it other than the dollars, as we said? So that's an absolute question that we should all know the answer to because it may shed some light on why this is happening the way it's happening. It's the only thing you can point to. And it's a simple yes or no. Just say yes or no. That's all he's looking for. Um, Daniel Horowitz has a piece today. Every GOP governor except DeSantis has ordered COVID jabs for babies. Why? 
That's the question. Why? If it's not the dollars, there is nothing else that grounds this decision in any reality or common sense. So what else is it? He says it's incontrovertible at this point that some degree of injury and death is going to result from babies and toddlers getting the COVID shots. It's also undeniably clear that there is zero benefit to that cohort for this variant at this juncture. That makes the decision of every Department of Health besides Florida to order these shots pending their uh, emergency approval tantamount to Republican governors inviting Planned Parenthood into their states. They must be made to answer for their deeds. On the same day the FDA advisory committee approved Pfizer and Moderna shots for babies over six months old, Dr. Fauci tested positive for COVID, having had four shots and God knows how many boosters. Yet no amount of facts, science, and logic can derail this obsession with sacrificing kids to the pharma industry. NBC reported on Wednesday that the Florida Department of Health was the only state health agency not to order a batch of shots for children under five from the federal government. Where are the other GOP governors, he asks. Many European and Asian countries banned Moderna shots for those under 30, even when COVID was more of an emergency uh, emergency due to the risks of myocarditis. Yet, Red state governors are actively requesting a mega-dose 25-milligram shot for 15-pound babies at a time like this, after everything we know about these shots. To drive home this point, Dr. William Gruber, Senior Vice President of Pfizer Vaccine Clinical Research and Development, highlighted during the meeting the fact that the dose of 3 milligrams was carefully selected to minimize adverse effects. Putting aside the fact that this in itself is a self-indictment of what was given with a proper dose that could possibly work, the shot is dangerous. What does it say about Moderna? At the same meeting, they approved Moderna's shot, which is eight times more mRNA per pound than Pfizer's, and potentially six times greater concentration in a six-month-old than their adult shot in a 20-year-old male. CDC researchers in JAMA admitted that 45,000 cases of myocarditis reported to VAERS are likely underreported. And the FDA noted last year in its approval of uh, Comerity that a prior study on a smallpox vaccine suggested an incident of possible subclinical myocarditis 60 times higher than the incident rate of overt clinical myocarditis. How could anyone with any sense of ethics, compassion, or intelligence support this? As one of the committee members, Dr. Jay Portnoy, said during the meeting, there are, quote, so many parents who are absolutely desperate to get this vaccine, unquote. And he thinks the committee owes it to them to give them the choice. He said, quote, I know that the death rate from COVID in young children may not be extremely high. It's absolutely terrifying for parents to have their child be sick. Wow, that sounds like real science there. 
He says, sure, there are issues with the shot, no emergency need for it, but parents don't want their kids sick. End quote. Now, never mind the fact that it's become increasingly clear over the past year that these shots don't prevent anyone from getting sick at all. And even according to the company's dubious claims, only sometimes potentially prevent a level of real critical illness in adults that kids don't even get. Governor DeSantis mocked this committee at a press conference on Thursday and mocked their members' new science of parental fear in approving these therapies. Why would these be so frightened by it at this point? It's because of the media hysteria. It's because of a lot of misinformation. That's why parents are scared. But do an emergency use for a six-month-old or a one-year-old simply to placate anxiety? That's not the standard. The standard is, is this something that's safe and effective? DeSantis made it clear that Florida's policy is not tantamount to a ban because doctors and hospitals can still access the shots from the federal government. It's just that the state will not be participating in vaccinating babies and will recommend against it. And they're the only state, the only state that didn't, re- that didn't request them from the federal government. He says, either way, it's time we fight power with power and we fight force with force. Every red state legislature needs to immediately convene and ban the State Department of Health from distributing these shots. They should submit a list of questions for FISA and Moderna. And absent satisfactory approval, they must be disapproved. It is time to abide by the Nuremberg Code once again. Wow. Makes sense. All right, Crazy Town Time, G. On a Friday night, roll it. Oh, God. <laughs> He's heck? two buffoons. Hello, everyone, and uh, thank Welcome you for to my uh, fake set. whatever time zone you're in, making the time to be here. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> you know, we're meeting today at a moment when... Uh, where there's urgent global issues impacting all of our nations, demand our immediate, all demand our immediate attention and our close cooperation. And with Russia's war driving up inflation worldwide, threatening vulnerable countries with uh, severe food shortages, we have to work together to mitigate the immediate fallout of this crisis. In the United States, I'm using every lever available to me to bring down prices for the American people, including coordinating the largest release from the global uh, reserve, from uh, global oil reserves in history. How's it work? But the critical point is that these actions are part of our our, our transition to a clean and secure and long-term energy future. There it is. Russia's war is driving up prices of gas. Everybody knows that. Oh, sure. I expect all of you, and I know I'm working every day. Over the long run, we can remove the pain of volatile gas prices and reduce transportation emissions by putting more zero emission cars on the road. And we've set a goal of ensuring that half of all passenger cars sold in the United States in 2020 will be zero, 2030, I should <laughs> 2020. say, will be zero emission. 2020. The European Commission the with President Van der Leyen uh, leading the effort. Ooh. Uh, and I announced uh, the US-EU Task Force on Energy Security. And the science tells us 
that the window for action is rapidly narrowing. Oh, yeah. Rapidly. Sure, we, right. uh, we, have to, we have to dedicate ourselves yeah. as we look forward to it. The to delivering window. On existing goals and undertaking additional efforts <laughs> to boost our progress. So I urge these countries that those countries that have uh, not yet uh, gone to a set of 2030 emissions targets to align with the Paris temperature goal and <clears throat> to strengthen their targets for COP27. What? And, uh, by the, at the same time, we need new initiatives to accelerate our progress toward our goal and bolster our resilience. We're announcing a global methane pledge merge, uh, uh, excuse me, energy <laughs> pathway. We're investing in innovation and, and uh, hastening the scale up of new technologies like carbon capture and advanced nuclear and clean hydrogen. Clean hydrogen. We've done, we're doing both these things. Oh, yeah. yeah. And to keep strengthening our the adaptation efforts this year, <laughs> Sounds good. the United States is going to partner with Egypt on the Adaptation in Africa right. event uh, to deliver concrete initiatives that are going to improve people's lives and build resilience concrete. into a changing climate. So thank you all again for taking the time to, this morning, today, tonight, whatever time frame <laughs> is, for what and, he doesn't uh, know joining it. us. So let's keep this challenge. Let's keep doing what, we're, what we've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep, <laughs> keep let's, doing uh, something. Let's just uh, go to the to, to, to commercial. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, 2030, 6 be on a Friday night. We'll do a little more sports news here before we wrap it up. Hope you have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Here's how uh, sick people are of rhinos. Here's old John Cornyn, who's all on board with gun control, gave a speech down at the Republican Party of Texas convention. Here's how it went for old John Cornyn. So let's take our country back, starting with Congress in November. Thank you. God bless you. And may God continue to bless our great state of Texas. yeah not too uh not too good not not too welcoming not too welcoming in his own state of texas there no you know that's what happens when you're a fraud and a phony so all right, let's do some more sports before we wrap it up. And here with that, Slick Rick, Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? All right, big weekend coming up, Big D. A lot of appointment yeah. television in addition to the NHL play, uh, finals, actually, game two. Uh, we have that big money on that, 2500 tomorrow night. You're going to want to check that out, 8 p.m. The Tampa Bay Lightning trying to win their third cup, going down into Colorado to take on the great Colorado Avalanche. And we'll see what happens with that, but that's uh, game two. We have the NHRA Thunder Valley Nationals going on this weekend in uh, Bristol, Tennessee, USFL. 
NFL last week before the playoffs. You got Philadelphia at Jersey uh, on Saturday at noon, and then Birmingham at with Tampa. That'll be Sunday uh, uh, as well at 4 p.m. And then we have uh, Michigan and Pittsburgh and New Orleans and Houston. Playoffs start next weekend. We'll keep an eye on that. Also, NCAA Men's College World Series have a full uh, wrap on, on, on that as well over the weekend. And a uh, big uh, light heavyweight fight tomorrow night in Madison Square Garden. Artur Berdabee faces Long Island's Joe Smith Jr. to unify three world heavyweight titles. Um, two of the biggest punches in boxing will meet on Saturday at New York's Hulu Theater at Madison Square Garden, 10 p.m. Eastern Time on ESPN. And there's actually a slick Rick connection here. Uh, Joe out. Smith Jr.'s trainer, uh, Jerry Copabianco, was actually a cl- customer of mine in the pharmacy, him and his wife years ago. And Joe mm-hmm. Smith Jr. is an excellent fighter. He's the only fighter to have beaten Bernard Hopkins by knockout in Hopkins' 28-year legendary career. He was just put in the Hall of Fame uh, earlier this month. Uh, okay. That is Bernard Hopkins. So big weekend for that big day. Okay, so, uh, will you be going? Will you, uh, is that fight around Long Island? That fight is on Madison, Madison Square Garden, Hulu Theater. Will you be night. going to that? I will not. No, Decked not. out in your... Uh, no? No, nah, I will not be able to make it there in my gold sequin suit. No. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, all right. Have you picked anyone for the U.S. Open, by the way? We haven't picked any anything there. Do you have mm-hmm. a... Are you leaning any way on the, uh, anyone on the U.S. Open? No. You know, I really... I, no, I haven't really... Picked, you know, I don't really have anybody. I, I don't want to say... Uh, I don't know. Maybe... I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Come on, really spit it anybody. out. Nah. You can pick Rory if you want to. No, I don't want to pick Rory. I, 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 I can't from the stand show. Rory. Oh, okay, good. No way. No, I, I don't really have any favor for that big deal. I really have no, no horse I'm picking either Morikawa, uh, John Rahm, or uh, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, Morikawa is right there right now, big D. He's right in the top three. So, um, yeah. I'm going to see one of those. I'm not picking Tony Finau anymore to win anything. No, he never comes through for you anymore. No. No. no, I'm not picking up. So. <laughs> All right. That's a wrap in sports, Big D. Back All right, so you. Rick, thanks. Let's do a little more news here with uh, Rick Delgado on a Friday. What's going on? All right. Well, big story that uh, for some reason I, I kind of put towards the back here, but I think it's something of note. The British government ordered the extradition of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange to the U.S. to face charges of espionage and hacking. The British uh, Home Office said Assange has two weeks to appeal the decision, and this is uh, based on the reporting of John Solomon's Just the News. Since 2019, Assange has been held in a London prison following a seven-year stint at the Ecuadorian embassy where he sought political asylum, and his attorneys in England have repeatedly argued their client will be a high suicide risk if he is returned to the conditions of U.S. detention. High suicide risk, that's odd. Um, the UK courts have found that in, it would be oppressive, unjust, or an abuse of process to extradite Mr. Assange. Uh, nor have they found any extradition, or ha- nor have they found that extradition would be incompatible with his human rights, including his right to a fair trial and freedom of expression, and that whilst in the U.S. he will be treated appropriately, including in relation to his health. They say. The, also, the office also said Assange will only be surrendered to the requesting state when all avenues of legal challenge have exhausted. The WikiLeaks organization issued a condemnation statement about the decision of British uh, Home Secretary uh, Patel. The group called the extradition, okay, um, a dark day for press freedom and for the British democracy. It also argued Patel was acting as an accomplice to the United States in its agenda to turn investigative journalism into a criminal enterprise. So, of course, that's been a big story. Uh, People were looking for President Trump before he left office to pardon Assange, which he never ended up doing. Uh, And now it's come down to this where he could be extradited. He still has a couple challenges left. 
we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. Okay. Uh, one more here from the president from his speech today. I thought this was good. Um, I have to say, from the clips I've seen so far, the president is um, the president is really on message. This this is. I mean, I want to watch this speech in full. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see it in full today. I want to watch it in full. But from these clips we've played so far, I mean, this is this is as on message Trump as I've heard in a long time. Let's hear this one. Democrats are right now racing to pass a federal bill to push CRT in schools nationwide. It's terrible. Known as the Civics Secures Democracy Act, this bill would spend billions and billions of dollars imposing federal curriculum standards, so-called civics education. They call it civics education, which is nothing more than a fake name for radical left indoctrination. We have enough of it. It's Common Core 2.0, the idea of creating a national civics curriculum controlled by these communists and socialists is madness for the United States of America. Democrats have lured Cornyn of Texas, Cassidy, who's a terrible senator of Louisiana, (laughs) and incredibly Inhofe, who's a good man just retiring, and we have to talk to him, of Oklahoma. 77, I won 77 out of 77 counties, so I'm going to talk to Jim Emhoff. He's a good man. He's a good man. He must not know. But we can't let it happen. We can't be fooled. Enough is enough. Every conservative in the House and Senate needs to unite to kill this bill and to kill it immediately. But we can't stop there. It's time to finally and completely smash the radical left's corrupt education cartel. We are beyond the point of incremental reform. Our children are captives to unhinged Marxist educators who are pushing inappropriate sexual, racial, and political material on our children from the youngest possible age. They don't, they're not old enough to think. The current education system is so upside down that school prayer is banned, but drag shows are absolutely allowed. You can do whatever you want. You can't teach the Bible, but you can teach children that men get pregnant and that kindergartners are allowed to pick their own gender. You can't talk about the Bible. You would not trust these people to babysit your children for 30 minutes, and we should not let them educate millions of American students. Yeah. Democrats are right. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Listen. Here's the bottom line. If the president is on message like that and he can get some people around him that the base of this party believes in, knows that they, he won't get John Bolton or, or Bill Bard or uh, all these other losers that he's had that have, that, that have couldn't run to a book fast enough. If he can get people around him that the base of the party and, and the supporters, the 80 plus million, 100 million people that will vote for him, he's, he's unbeatable, even from the governor of Florida. He's unbeatable. I think he has to take a harder position on the vaccines, but, but there's no one who can be what we need in this setup more than him, the fighter that we need, the straight talker that we need the next four years at 2024 to 2028, what those four years are going to have to be. He's unbeatable. He's on message and he has good people around him that are not snakes. 
that's the most important thing that we need to see different. If he does that, he can't be beat by anybody. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks to everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Most of all, thank you to Live from Studio 6B Audience. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Enjoy the weekend. Daddy T. True. Yeah, Daddy T. Come on, bring it home. We'll see you Monday night, 8 p.m. right here live from Studio 6B.